The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know, at the original Thanksgiving in Roanoke, Virginia, the pilgrims celebrated by having a feast where they ate an armadillo instead of a turkey. And that's why they were never seen again. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. People just came back and there was like claws and it just said armadillo. It was carved into the wood. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts and merchandise, visit us at armadillo.club. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 20 through the end of New Spring, the prequel to The Wheel of Time. Previously, Swan and Moraine learned that being an Aes Sedai is mostly just dealing with a bunch of unreasonable bullshit. To make matters worse, the cool Amalyn dies and gets replaced by a total dick. Moraine pieces out at her very first opportunity and ships off to the Borderlands to find herself a dragon baby. Meanwhile, Lan and his crew roll into the Borderlands, but it seems like they're going to take a while to get to the Blight because apparently they have to wade through uh, knee-deep ass. (laughs) It is a Malkieri's duty to please that booty. (laughs) (laughs) But then Lan learns that his ex is raising an army in his name, so her booty jumps to the top of his to-do list. Moraine crosses paths with Cad Swain and decides she's going to nope out of there. She also meets up with Swan, who gives her some very grim news from the tower, but they resolve to continue their search together. We ended with Moraine beginning a very antagonistic relationship with Lan, who manages to maintain his cool, but does seem to be keeping the upper hand throughout the whole thing. Something about not being able to drown a mountain, I think. (laughs) As the old saying goes. Yeah. Chapter 20. Breakfast in Manala. Icon of the Trollocs. So... Lan doesn't believe that Lady Alice is Aes Sedai at all. Yeah, ma- mainly because she's kind of bad at being an Aes Sedai. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Aes Sedai, you know, keep their cool, and Aes Sedai, yeah. you know, wouldn't react to these things. They, they don't do weird pranks on you in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what honestly makes Maureen so entertaining, so, you know. And so, uh, clearly, we've seen this from Lan's perspective. He and his crew rumbled her immediately as she was following them around. Yeah. Uh, they thought she might be an assassin of some kind from Edain or whatever. But they weren't exactly clear, so they threw her in a pond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bukama gives him some shit for not swearing a proper oath to Moraine, but Land is like, fuck that. A Kyrian and an Aes Sedai is how you get yourself tangled up in some you know, yeah, insane right. bullshit. You get totally, totally messed up. Yeah. Fast forward too. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, exactly. <laughs> uh, Ryan, on the other hand, is too vag-dazzled to, uh, <laughs> to get, get away. Yeah, he's all about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, Lan thinks about how the like he doesn't want to get messed up with Kyrian because that one time in Kyrian it was two weeks and he almost got married twice and had to kill six people or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I want that story, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of like Lan's half month in Kyrian, mm-hmm. tore through the countryside. Yeah, but they they travel on because they his party mostly has agreed to protect her all the way to Chachin. They stop in Manala to eat, where it's Beltine. It's party time in Manala. Yeah. Because we've only ever seen it in the two rivers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is a cool Borderlander Bell team where they've all—they're all armed with swords, and there's like a row of Trolloc heads on spikes. <laughs> that's how. You, hey, that's how they throw a party, you know. Yeah. 
uh, Maureen is trying to do the Aes Sedai hi-hat thing where, uh, you know, she gives them orders and acts like she's in charge. Uh, and it's really grinding Lan's gears. Because, mm-hmm. of course it was, because it's, it's really annoying. <laughs> it's really annoying. And uh, in Manala, she sneaks off to do some of her searching. Uh, but Lan overhears part of it. She's looking for somebody. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's starting to get a, a hint of what she's up to, but she obviously is not going to tell him anything about it because, you know, I said I, right? Right, yeah. Well, she thinks he might be a dark friend, right? She's still... Because he's traveling with Ryan, and Ryan was meeting with the Aes Sedai, and some of the Aes Sedai are dark friends. Appears to be the logic. Cat Swain is definitely a dark friend. Yeah, 100% mm-hmm. dark yeah. friend, as yeah. we all know. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 21. Some Tricks of the Power. Icon of the Flame of Tarvalon. It cracks me up, because this is like basically Lan's travel log as he's riding alongside Moraine, you know? Yeah. This is a... Uh, well... First of all, I want to note this is a travel chapter that was perfectly readable. Yeah, that's Agreed. true. It's true, yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're traveling on, they're uneasy with each other, they don't trust each other. Maureen is kind of interrogating them about their, their histories and stuff. And they're stonewalling her, not because they don't trust her, although they don't, but because that's just how Makiri do. Yeah. They just don't tell people about themselves. That's, that's, that's against the way. Yeah, they just, they just don't, don't say things. Yeah, they're too cool to talk to people. Yeah. We don't make human connections. But Maureen does, uh, they do appreciate Maureen's uh, weather protection. She's apparently makes a really passable umbrella. Right. Yeah. You know, they, they should, the Aes Sedai should tell everybody about this. If you hang out with Aes Sedai, you don't get rain and hail on you because we just, they just prevent it from happening. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty good incentive for travelers. They need a better PR department. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as they're going along, Maureen is sort of continuing her clandestine search as she, they, they meet people and she talks to them. Uh, they they scare off various bandit crews, showing I, how nice it is to have armed guys around. I was gonna say, I, do you think they recognize Lan? Like his reputation is probably They're, pretty widespread, right? There's a weird thing going on here, which is a very Robert Jordany thing, where Maureen, you know, she thinks Lan and his crew they might be bandits. These are scruffy looking, no good people, right? But when they meet actual bandits, they're like. They've got an evil face with a leer in their eyes, and they're missing teeth, and their clothes are all dirty and patched, and armor's all rusty. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they don't take care of their their weapons, and and so you can just see a bandit, right? That you right. Can, like you can clock a bandit by glance. Does Maureen just not know this, or it's a funny thing? I mean, she's Kyrian, a Kyrian and high noble, right? So like maybe this is you know beyond the realm of her understanding. You it's know? possible. I think it's a Robert Jordan thing where. People kind of look like what they are all the time. Yeah. Like in, in their hearts. Which is why Bran looks like a cannibal. Like you can see, like you look yeah. at that guy like that Bran guy Albeer, eats people. Absolutely. <laughs> like put a list on the, of all the people in Emmons Field in order of cannibal likeliness. And it's, it's him and then, I don't know, probably Matt actually. Yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Senbui. Yeah. Senbui. Oh yeah. Big time cannibal. And she's torturing him. Yes. Nightly. She's, I am disappointed in Moraine. Yes. Every night she does a horrible prank on him. Yeah. Just to get him to to crack and apologize to her. Yeah, I was a little concerned because, like, the first night she doesn't let him sleep, which is, like, a dangerous thing if you're asking somebody for protection. Yeah. And then one of the nights, Sand got in all of his stuff, and so he was covered in grit all the next day. And hadn't we read in here that, like, it's really, really dangerous to, like, go horseback riding when your skin is all abraded and it causes, like, infections and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. I guess she would probably heal him. I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's very Samir Haj of her. Yeah, right. Uh, but... But Lan, we see from his perspective, he's not apologizing or bringing it up. He's just stoically enduring it because that's what Malkiri do. 
Yeah. Like well, he, it, it's like a penance that he owes the way he views it. Yeah, because he threw her in the pond and the woman decides, when you throw a woman in a pond, she decides when she's done being mad at you or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, wow, she sure is extracting a lot of penance, but it's her right. Yeah. And but she from, just wants apologies. More Robert Jordan gender politics bullshit. It pissed yes. me off. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is like naive approach to this situation. Yeah. But I guess it's just young Moraine. She also can't figure out why they're being so reticent about themselves. Like, she's... It's funny, because we, we talked about how perceptive she is about the undercurrents of the situation, right? How people, what people are thinking. But she does not get these guys at all. Mm-mm. Not even a little bit. I guess she didn't have a class in Malkyrie politics like she had in all the other... I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's like a nation that no longer exists, right? Like... She probably learns a lot about cultures and, and traditions, but Malkir is one of those ones they yeah. slashed off the curriculum. I, just, I was just thinking, like they, uh, <laughs> like, they all got the news, and everybody in the White Tower is like, oh, no, that's terrible news. But then the person who's in charge of teaching, like, <laughs> internal politics of countries around the world is like, whew, that saves me some time. Yep. Chapter 9, Malkiers. <laughs> yeah. Nope. And well, she and also later she mistakenly thinks that the king of the Malkiari is dead, which is more complicated than that. Well, yeah. it is technically true, uh, as we learn later, yeah. Yeah, well, with an asterisk, you know. Right, yeah. That's true. I'm surprised she actually hasn't heard of Lan. Yeah. Really, because he's such a big deal in the Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she finds one of the targets as they're going along, but it's the wrong one. No dice. I think it's interesting that this little snapshot we get, uh, the woman that she finds is building a new inn with the money that she got from the tower. You know, she's like starting a, like a, a business essentially, you know? Yeah. And it's like... It's a stimulus, economic yeah, stimulus. I was just thinking, it's like, <laughs> this is like, base, like universal basic income stimulating the, like the middle class economy or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, there's a bit later on where she thinks about how, you know, no matter how good the ruler is, some people are always just going to be poor. But, <laughs> but then, yeah, this. So I don't know. Yeah, it was just, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I liked, this may be my favorite part of the whole series, actually, is when they're riding along and Moraine just out of the blue asks Lan, are you allergic to wasps? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. It's like, don't answer that, Lan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he probably is like honor bound never to lie about his allergies or something. But you know? thank God he's hit by an arrow. Right. <laughs> thank goodness. He totally lucks out yeah. and a bandit uh, attacks them or somebody attacks them. Catches an arrow in the arm uh, but Maureen gets the guy with the power uh, and the Holds other two... him up to be executed. Yeah, well she didn't... Not on purpose. Yeah, she didn't intend to kill him or she probably couldn't have done this. But the other guys, yeah, they get him. They kill him. And the guy was by himself uh, he Land recognized him. I guess he was one of the ex Malkiri types. Yeah. And he was on, he was being paid to kill them. And whoever told him to do that told him to kill her first. But he didn't because Land was there. Land's the most dangerous person in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I thought this was interesting because it really puts a point on for all their you know godly powers. Uh, Ice and I are still vulnerable to sneak attacks like this, yeah, right? This is what they always say, right? To the accepted, like you can you can get shot with an arrow just like anybody else. And if, if, if that person had shot Maureen first, that would be the end of the story, right? Yeah. And but, so whoever sent them knew she was an Aes Sedai. Mm. But uh, Maureen does uh, rifle through his pockets, as you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Malkiri never do that. Yeah. Uh, but she finds 10 Kyrian and gold coins, which I guess could be indication that they're, it's an assassin sent to take her out, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Lan's toughness continues to frustrate Moraine, right? She heals him and he barely gasps. His, his eyes just widen. So she's going to have to find stronger methods to get through to this guy, I guess. They head on to Chachin. When she's healing him, she does uh, take a minute to, like, scope his body, covered in cuts and scars, even at this point. You know, yeah, young Lan. What is he? He's like... 20s in his... I think he's in his 20s, 20s yeah. yeah. Just, uh... That seems to indicate he's not actually that good at fighting, right? <laughs> you know what? I was wondering about that. Like, like th- this is young Lan, and there are a couple of indications that uh, at this point he's a good fighter, but not the best fighter of all time, you know? Yeah. Surprising. So maybe that's something that happens over the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. Chapter 22. Keeping custom. I kind of a horse. The horse of Chachin. As soon as they get to Chachin, Lan ditches Morang. Yeah, he is over it. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Honor is served. Later, loser. <laughs> but he can't stop thinking about her, unfortunately. Yep, just something about her. She made an impression. So she did get to him. Uh, Chachin is a great city. This is I love Robert Jordan's place descriptions. This is no no exception, right? Up on top of a mountain, they've yeah. I guess they've shaved off the top of the mountains, built a palace on top of it. I thought and that was really cool. And for a borderlander city, that makes sense, right? Like a very defensible position, and yeah, and they're a culture that will spend any amount of money to you know make a defensible building. Yeah, right. Uh, Lan heads straight to the palace, and where that that because that's where Edain is. And he, he's girding himself as though to a battle. This is the greatest battle. The most dangerous battle. One that is not fought with swords. Yep. Um, he's greeted by the Shatayan, Shatayan, whatever. Yeah. Uh, which is apparently normally reserved for crowned rulers. So this is kind of like an interesting like political indication that this is who greets him. Yeah. yeah. He's worried that this is going to go wrong. You know, it's kind of funny. I never realized the, that both of them are trying to avoid becoming rulers. Oh, yeah. Oh. I didn't make that connection. Yeah. yeah. And Edain, uh, when he's there in his rooms, tries to sexy summon him. Mm-hmm. Come here, lover. Uh, but he, he, he manages to resist. And then eventually the prince invites them. Uh, he's totally playing the game of houses right here, right? Yeah. Refusing one invitation. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then he meets with the prince, the prince Briss, in a, a really fancy court with lots of uh, wannabe Malkyrie around, uh, and they meet Edain there, who immediately pledges fealty to him as the king of Malkyr. Which kind of forces him into to admit uh, or, or own that position somehow, I guess, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure what how this is forcing him to do that. It's probably like an honor thing, where if she pre- pledges fealty to him... He is over her, and then for honor's sake, I don't you know, who knows. Yeah, but he, he seems to be trapped in by the politics. Yeah. And there's a lot more talk about people who are super lucky, which I was thinking, is there a Taveran running around here? This is crazy. Yeah, right? But even the, it takes like the strongest, the very strongest Taveran to cause these weird luck things to happen around them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, the prince's son fell 50 feet off of a wall or something and didn't break a single bone which yeah. we saw happening that was also mentioned in the other books too yeah, I think yeah. at one point that's a specific thing that happened when Rand was hanging around yeah yeah that's interesting and in Harry Potter to Neville Longbottom oh yeah <laughs> Taverin yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Edain has all the lords ready to swear fealty to him and, the, and she will be his I guess queen but that's what I thought no. originally but yeah no. yeah uh, but she is waiting for him in his room when he gets back ah <sighs> Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's a Malkyrie custom that she gets to say a lot of things about him because she was his Carnera. Yeah, his, his first lover. And uh, yeah, she sexes him up, 
and she can like kind of force him to sex him up to sex her up because she has a, a lock of his hair that she he gave cut her. off his hair it's a thing yeah apparently once again if this was reversed yeah yes, right so okay. creepy and he can't say no until she lets him say no or until he gets married and she's got a solution for that because yeah. she proposes that he marry her daughter after taking her virginity Whew, so that yeah so that she'll be his carnera uh, or carnero i don't know <laughs> yeah this is messed up uh, right it yeah so gross. Uh, like yeah so you take someone's virginity you make a hair doll of them <laughs> and, then you, and then as long as you hold that hair doll you get to keep uh you get to have you get to be bang bros with them whenever you want yeah let's not also forget that he was 15 and she was 30 oh that's yeah. right yeah this Yikes. is this is so weird and i i i'm not surprised that he's out there like i wonder if i could just go die <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the solution. Yeah, I feel like go to the blight and just you know hurl myself at a uh, the first poisonous plant I see. Yeah, so he is totally trapped and uh, he's in this thing. Yeah, but uh, she's gonna have another ride on that sword of Malkier. <laughs> yep. Chapter twenty three: The Evening Star, Icon of the Fish. Moraine starts searching for Swan by finding the crappiest dive bars she can find. <laughs> yeah, Lynn warns Moraine to avoid the rough parts of town so Moraine beelines for the rough parts of town. Yeah. And she even notes how she like how she's the only person on a horse and she's wearing silks and furs and everyone's looking at her. I was like, dude. I think she is exactly the opposite of subtle, you know, and she's thinking like I've, I've, I'm not going to give away who I am and I'm going to find Swan and we're going to meet and no one's going to know we're here. But when everybody, anybody crosses her, she zaps them with the one power. Yeah. And yeah. they scream like, ah, she got me. And it's it, she makes a scene every single where she goes uh-huh and it's weird like not only are these places like shady but they're also weird rape traps yeah, yeah like it's all over the place like the first one she goes to the, the people are just like kind of creepy i think it's the third inn she goes to where they offer some some spiced wine and uh, she makes the woman who offers it to her she drink does, it. She does a, a, some channeling to her mind to make her so scared of her that she drinks it. She drinks it and then she leaves her there with two men and it's heavily implied those guys are about to rape her. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. she says, sometimes justice came other than laws or swords. I'm like, leaving? Like That is fucked up. That's, yeah. That's not okay, Maureen. Yeah, that's super not okay. But, Nor is yeah. it okay to make bad, pe- bad women become slaves, yep. which was a constant... Yeah, the thing that yep. Robert Jordan always did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that is not justice, and that is that is fucked up. It, it was honestly super fucked up. Feels a little out of character for Moraine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was always righteous, although the the darkness in her character came because she was so focused on a task that she would she would throw people away and th- throw away other people's lives in order to achieve her task. Yeah. But this is not that. This, I mean, is, this is just, she's like, hey, hey, fuck that person. Well, this is like, this could be like young Moraine's like nobility thing, you know? Like she doesn't, mm. I, that's my guess. I don't know. But yeah, it, it definitely felt a little weird. Yeah. Anyway, so Swan eventually finds her. Uh, Swan is staying in a nice inn. But Swan is just saying, like, I thought you would look for me in the crappy part of town. So I went there to look for you. I know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like Swan I, know, is... I know what you think of me, Moraine. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. You know, Maureen spends her day uh, baiting and switching Chachi in like some kind of magical Batman. It's like <laughs> vigilante justice all the way around. Yeah. And then Swan's like, no. Like, no, no, no. We get a thousand gold a year. We're going to sleep in the middle class inn. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I, it's, it, it cracks me up because Swan is staying at what I consider like the perfect place, right? It's like not so nice that they're going to run into other Aes Sedai. 
but you know, clean and respectable. If Maureen had done this in Kamloom, she wouldn't have run into Catswain. Oh yes. yeah, it's, it's because she was trying to do her. Uh, I'm going to stay in the fanciest place. <laughs> if if this one had been along, she probably wouldn't have uh, had that happen. Yeah. Yep. Just saying. So Swan has a lead on the, the next baby they're looking for, and it's a, a woman in the palace. And Moraine has a plan to get them into the palace. Yeah, in the palace where Lan has just been entangled. So mm-hmm. I, like, I feel like th- this, this whole book is like the pattern really trying to jam them, to, them together. Like it has dolls of Moraine and Lan. It's just like now yeah. Pith, you know, <laughs> banging at each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like it actually. I think it's fun because we know that they eventually yeah. become best of buds, right? Yeah, well, partners. I think it's 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 it it makes perfect sense that this is the pattern trying to weave them together. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They keep bouncing off each other, and the pattern's like, no, no, go. Yeah, all that stuff where Land looes at the camera and says, "I will never work for an Aes Sedai." <laughs> I love it. It's yeah, fun. that's great. Uh, a random blacksmith died mysteriously. That's something that Swan found out. Yeah. And I was thinking like. A blacksmith. Is it possible that there are that they're looking for the the three from the two rivers? They just don't know they're from the two rivers, so they're mm. killing random people. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so because I don't think the the news that one of them was a blacksmith came out until after they they fled Emmonsfield. I couldn't remember if that was in one of the prophecies or something like that. Like there would be a blacksmith and a, you know, like like an archetype kind of thing. You know, I don't know. Blacksmiths have a weird place though because that Robert Jordan brings that up a lot, and also you remember how like. It's a big no-no with the Aiel to kill a blacksmith. True. That yeah. is true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. I guess probably the Shinarans have a similar attitude, right? They, they so. value ironworking as the, the thing that saves them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Chapter 24, Making Use of Invisibility. Icon of the Rising Sun of Kyrian. Moraine and Swan do their plan. First... Uh- <laughs> I, I do th- uh, like it's cute that they're reunited and everything, but they disagree a lot about the right way to go about this. Yeah, um, and uh, Maureen does kind of gain the the upper hand by steamrolling her, steamrolling her. But Maureen's plan seems to involve getting a bunch of money and then buying expensive clothing again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, we're Aes Sedai now. What's the first thing we should do? Go get a bunch of money and buy some nice clothes. I know. It's like really okay. We again? have a secret plan that we need to execute. Well, how about we get a bunch of money and buy some nice clothes? That, that's that's the that's where they went with it. And she pissed me off too because she goes into the bank and wants a shitload of money, and the banker like has the audacity to look at the seal under like a magnifying glass. Yeah, the seal which is has been dunked in water, right? Yeah. Yeah, she admits it was only a little bit blurry from the dunk in the pond. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. So their plan is they go to the first they go to the bank, get a bunch of gold, then they go get go to a seamstress and and overpay her to get to override all the weird seamstress politics uh, to get some new dresses. Uh, and then she will go to the front gate of the palace and announce herself by her real name, and they'll just let her in. Because she's, <laughs> she's royalty, yeah. She's royalty. Uh, I do think <laughs> That's the plan. I think it's funny that the seamstress, seamstress mentions the king of Malkir is at the palace, and Maureen's like, uh, no, there is no king of Malkir. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, you're mistaken, you know? Uh, it's just like... <laughs> Oh man, this is yeah, one that, of those. that was a big hint right there, Moraine. Yeah, uh-huh. But it works. I mean, it's actually it's not a super dumb plan because Moraine will get the, get in there and draw everybody's attention by being uh, herself. Yeah. And then Swan can be a sneaky little servant person and sneak around and, and find the person. Yeah, Suki. I, I was so nervous when I found out that 
uh, Swan was going to act as her servant because I was afraid it was going to be another Elaine Nynaeve thing. Oh, Which yeah, was yeah, Nynaeve's yeah. worst Nynaeving of all times. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And I think it probably would have if this had lasted much longer. Mm. True, yeah. I don't think that, that Swan was was maintaining the illusion very well. <laughs> That's true. So they find out that uh, Ines is the, the person that they want to find, but she's in seclusion in mourning. Uh, because her her husband died, sadly. Kind of mysteriously. He yeah. died in his porridge or something like that. And it's weird because he was always lucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But then Moraine is summoned to see the prince. Chapter 25, An Answer. Icon of the Lan Hat. <laughs> the Lan Hat. <laughs> yeah, the Lan Hat. The helmet. So on the way, Moraine spies Ryan and Bukama. Uh, and starts to worry that somebody here might be onto her. She realizes land might be around. Luckily, there's no way she'd cross paths with a bunch of random soldiers, right? <laughs> yeah. A bunch of borderline brigands on the road. Yeah. She pays her respects to the prince, uh, whose son outs land as the king of Malkir. Yep. Aha. Yep. And uh, at that point, she's like, I think I need to go spend some time uh, in yeah. my chambers. It changes the equation slightly. Yep. But on the way back, she runs into Marion and is totally busted. Yep. Marion Aes Sedai. Yeah, and uh, at this point, like, it's starting to seem like Marion's pretty suspicious. It, I, I guess so. I didn't really see it, but Moraine starts to be pretty, pretty sure that Marion's a problem. Yeah. But after that, she heads straight to Lan and asks slash orders him to uh well she she barges into his sex prison he, he, first of all he actually sends her away she like tries to knock on the door and it's like no i said i wants to see land and it's like no i said I, no thank yeah, you get stuffed yeah and then so then she just charges in and he's uh doing the sword forms of course shirtless just working out shirtless. she she's lucky she didn't come in two hours earlier because i bet he would have been doing a different kind of sword form. <laughs> <laughs> it's true he does have claw marks on his back yes there's occasionally a need for privacy moraine yeah uh, but he's in this place he's like it's like a sex prison that he can't leave because of the like the hair is tied around the doorknob yeah yeah uh and it's weird and sad but moraine doesn't get any of that stuff yeah uh but he agrees to help her because she demands that he help her she also spends a weird amount of time thinking about Swan's virginity, or her dude virginity. Yeah. Yeah, that's because, true. Because she's worried that Swan is going to... Uh, Sleep with a footman, actually. She seems really worried about the fact that it's a that footman. That it's a footman. She's like, like oh, yeah. But, like, what's wrong with a footman? Like, Swan specifically says, like, you know, he's nice. You yeah. Know, he's nice. He's pretty. Like, what's, what's the downside? Yeah, right? I, I mean, I've been in the White Tower for a long time, right? Yeah, you know, there's not a lot of not a lot of trim in the White Tower. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but uh, before he agrees to help her, he uh, makes her answer a question that that kind of yeah. explains why he's so down on Aes Sedai. Yeah, because she demands in like in the name of the White Tower, you must help me. Because and yeah, he says he'll do it for an answer, and the answer is where was the White Tower when Malkir fell? Uh, and she says they tried to go, they, they tried to get there, but they didn't make it in time. Mm-hmm. And they hid the information because it would make the White Tower look bad that they didn't get there in time. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's kind of on brand for the White Tower, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so she asked him to help her get it, help her watch Marion by having Bukama tail her. Yeah. And then as she goes back to her... Then after she goes back to her room, Isel comes to Moraine inquiring about becoming an Aes Sedai. And 
Because she wants to run away and not be forced to marry Lan. Yeah. And Maureen basically tells her to piss off instead of following up this juicy lead. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it still kind of sucks. Like, she's a little bit irritating. You know? Yeah, she's, she does kind of suck. She's uh, rude. And also, come on, like, who wouldn't want to get with Lan? I mean, it's actually what she says is, I don't want to marry him. I wouldn't mind having him be my first, uh, my Carnera. Right, yeah. Except for the fact that, you know, it'd be weird because he's... Yeah, my mom is his Carnera. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which it's like, yeah, it's it's weird. I would be uncomfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the most reasonable thing she says. Yeah. yeah. But Swan has made progress via seduction. The baby uh, is was born at the right time, and, uh, they, and but it's still in their seclusion, and they 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 haven't been able to get to it. But also, Marion has been hanging out with the prince and is working some angle. Yeah. Oh, and, and and also they mentioned that the baby's name means like sunrise or something like that, which is actually a dragon reborn thing, right? Yeah, that's a very like that's coming very, with come. Was it peak with, with the dawn? dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a solid dragon name right there. Yeah, it is. Chapter twenty six: When to surrender? Icon of the Black Aja. So Lan is sneaking around, uh, sneaking around in the palace. He's trying to find Bukama because he has realized. That uh, it's time to run away. Yeah. <laughs> Screw this. This sucks. Let's go. Yeah, the right time to bail is yeah. now. But and he won't do it without talking to Bukama because there's a whole thing where Bukama did carry him literally out of uh, right, yeah. Malkir on, on his, his back. back. Yeah, and raised yeah. him and, and all that stuff and, and stood by him. Yeah, so he has to ask Bukama if it's cool if they bail. Yeah. But then as he's sneaking around, he, he sneaks past Marion and Isel. And then there's a power attack. Something pushes him down the stairs. Something invisible. Yeah. Joke's on them, though, because they fail to account the fact for the fact he's made of granite. So he probably just broke the stairs. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Right. The servants all come running because of the, the noise of the furniture collapsing. <laughs> uh, he actually thinks about how he's smart enough to go limp, uh, which prevents him from being hurt as he falls down the stairs. Is that legit? I've, I've heard that before, and I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. I, I feel like going limp would not prevent you from breaking. I, I feel like what you want to do is, like, protect your head and neck with your hands, right? That's what I would have thought, like, like, get, like ball up. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I've actually heard that that it's better to, to go limp. You get huh. less injured that way. All right. And I don't know what the mechanism would be. I also think probably one of those five guys that took him out of the blight, one of those guys was the, the falling downstairs specialist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he, you taught him how to fall downstairs. He was trained from birth, <laughs> the best way to fall downstairs. Right? That makes sense. You know, it's part of his lessons. Yeah. But unfortunately, he finds that Bukama has also been stabbed to death. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. It is. Uh, and that's, that's strange, too, because who could have snuck up on Bukama? Nobody. Right. And then Lan dashes over and charges to Moraine and demands to know what's going on. Yeah, uh, he actually thinks that Moraine is the one who did it, because he's like, of the people who I've run into, you seem like the most likely person. But Moraine immediately puts together what's going on. Yeah, she, this is the information she needs. She figures it all out. So she is totally convinced now that Marion is Black Aja. And that she's about to kill the prince. Yeah. And that, yeah, she's, and she's in with the prince right now. And so they rush to save the prince because that's, they're the only ones who can. And Marion is there and has the prince and the son and Isel there all caught. And Ryan is there too, who's a dark friend. Yep. And so they team up for the first time, but not the last. And Maureen fights Marion while Lan sword fights Ryan. You know, during this fight, all I could think was like, this is one of those things where the right answer is to do a swapsie, right? You like Maureen so? shouldn't have been fighting Marion. Maureen should have fought Ryan, and Lan should have fought 
Mary. Well, wouldn't Mary just kill then? Uh, you know, like, it, he's, he's fast, and he's got that sword, right? Or, he could, I mean, he'd probably throw something. He, this guy knows a lot of ways to kill someone. That's true, yeah. I mean, maybe Moraine should have just killed Brian immediately. Well, she can't. Or can she? I mean, he's a dark friend. Once he's a dark yeah, friend, it's, he's a dark it's, friend, yeah. He's fair game, right? Yeah, then mm-hmm. it's kill o'clock. But that's not what they do. Uh, and Moraine is, is pushed to the limit just dueling with Marion, who is stronger and far more experienced than she is. Mm-hmm. And eventually Marion wins uh, by threatening the life of the sun. And Ryan sort of wins, too. So it's looking really bad, and during this moment, Marion kills all three yeah. of the people by, by throwing them off the, the balcony. Wow, I was it, not expecting that. Yeah, it was really, like, it was, like, very grim. Like, yeah, it, one by one. It, yeah. it, like, slowly, as, as Moraine watches, unable to do anything about it, she kills them one by one. It's, yeah. like... Super, super dark. Yeah. But she does manage to get Marion while she's... Yeah, and, then, and Marion eventually... This distracts Moraine, and Marion knocks her out, and then contemptuously walks away... And Moraine pulls the 90s special. <laughs> that's right. Ganks her with her belt knife mm-hmm. while she's looking around. Because that's the thing that the, the 100-year-old Aes Sedai would never think of. Yep. And stabs her to death. And then finds that Lan has sort of won his fight by sacrificing an arm. Yep. Classic Lan fight. Classic too. Lan, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so they did it, uh, but they, they were not able to save those three people. And Maureen had to watch the last one fall because she grabbed her and tried to save her. Yeah. And she couldn't because she was... I guess too freaked out she couldn't use the power to save her yeah uh, and it's very tragic yeah and then Morian immediately goes into icy Aes Sedai mode and enlists Lan to help cover all this up because yep. this is evidence of the Black Aja right her killing somebody yeah she burns Marion's body to to like yeah to nothing vapor I guess yeah and uh, she's very very upset by this by this horror that she's seen but she's covering it all up and Lan is impressed by how icy cold she is mm-hmm. epilogue Icon of the Wheel of Time. So Swan and Morin have finally figured out the whole plot. The Black Aja know that the dragon has been reborn, but they don't know who it is, and they don't know when he was born. So they're just going around fragging all the men they can channel that they can find, which basically means, means men who are lucky. Yeah, which explains the blacksmith and the, the guy who was killed... Uh... In Kenloom, right? No, it was, it was the town before Kenloom. Yeah, right? it was the, the barn fire. Right. And all that stuff. That's uh, for all Black Aja. And that's really bad news if you're a man who can channel secretly. But it's good news for Moraine and Swan because it means they have time. <laughs> They're not racing with the Black Aja to find the babies. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, with the luck thing, I was like, are they looking for Matt? But you're probably right. They probably didn't realize what yeah, they were looking for, you know? Right, yeah. And uh, they, they come up with a plan. Swan is to go back to the tower. Aww, I know, Swan. poor Swan. But, you know, like, it works out for Swan for a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she becomes Omelin, right? Right. For a while. For a while, yeah. Right. Uh, and then she gets to hang out with Gareth Bryan for a while. Which, uh, I mean, like, ending up with Gareth Bryan, I can think of a lot worse things, you know? Truth. Of the characters, he's, you know, top. She doesn't get it for that long, though. Oh, it's true. Yeah. yeah, doesn't turn out great for those kids. Oh, nope. that's right. Damn, I forgot about that. Yep. But that's the plan. She's gonna go back. Swan's gonna go back to the tower. And Warren's gonna end up married to a senior citizen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, there's the whole thing with Lan where where uh, she's like, "Oh, you're too tall," and I like my men with like you know with a limp with a limp <laughs> with a limp and uh, like a pair of mustaches or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your cloak has far too few colors for my taste. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, and Moraine is going to keep keep on the the trail of the babies, which I think actually is how she eventually finds Rand. Yeah, I, I think he he the, he must be in the books somehow. I guess so. Yeah, uh, I, I did wonder about that because like how how would she have who would have known right like because it, it would have depended on a witness being written in their logs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess somebody saw um, Tigraine giving birth and dying and saw um, Tam walking off with the baby. Yeah, they, they, somebody, Tam had a whole, he was in an army, right? Somebody yeah. might have noticed that he had a baby all of a sudden and maybe, yeah. they, maybe they were able to track him down that way. True. Yeah. yeah. But they, they hear that Lan has already left for the Blight to continue his endless war against the Shadow and Moraine tears off to catch him. Laser pointer in hand. <laughs> yeah, you gotta distract him. That's the, that's the trick. Yep. Uh, she finally catches him, and then she finally levels with him straight up. Tells him the whole thing. Yeah. And they bond it up. Yep. And yeah. She, she thinks that she's wanted to do this since day one. Which I was. I thought was. I, I actually thought she was more into Ryan in the beginning. Like she was thinking about bonding Ryan. Yeah. I, what do you think about that? Was she just? Like playing around with Ryan? No, because at the beginning she even was wondering if they were bandits. So like, I don't believe that from the very first time she saw him, she was like, "Yes." Well, I was trying to think like, would it, was it after she dumped all the water on him and he was still standing there looking like a badass? I yeah, guess maybe. I mean, I guess that's a good quality having water, right? I like to imagine he wasn't standing, but he was doing the like superhero thing where like your knuckles are in the earth and <laughs> yeah. like your head yeah. is bowed, and then you just look up. Yeah. Yeah, they looked up in his eyes, piercing blue eyes. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh yes." What a piece. I will bond this one. Yeah. Honestly, this, this, the ending kind of made me sad all over again because, like, it feels like there's so much more story here, you know, between, like, this, yeah, this they is. They don't even know each other at this point, right? Yeah, right. Like, there, there's a lot that happens between this book and the, 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 the Eye of the World. And. Yeah, in I the Eye of the World. Known. Yeah. They're like the, the two sides of the same coin at that point. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's a. Uh, this is a really, like, this is a great story, you know? Like, it was a good reminder of, like, what Robert Jordan does really, really well. And, and I think it, it didn't have quite as much of the stuff that, like, it kind of makes, makes me roll my eyes a little bit. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. It was great. And I, I, it makes me sad because I know that Robert Jordan had intended to write a lot more stories like this, like peripheral things and, uh, you know, addendums and stuff like that that yeah. just never got, never got written. Yeah. Yep. So his, she can now sense his emotions and they are steely with determination. <laughs> yeah. Of fucking course they are. Mm-hmm. What's he thinking about right now? Oh, his sword. Okay. Yeah, he's thinking about swords. Yeah, this bond was a waste of time. <laughs> 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 but but Wait. he can feel her emotions mm-hmm. and she's still all messed up because she watched those people die and couldn't help them. And that's actually something that he can totally help her with. Yeah. Right? yeah. He's actually a lot more emotionally mature than she is. Because he's had to... Do, he's had to see a lot of like horrible, horrible stuff in his relatively short life. Right. So, so it's not just taking arrows for her. That, that she, he actually has a lot that she needs yeah. to, to do this quest. Yeah. Like they, they are uh, even at this point. I think a really good matchup. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was this book was cool. Yeah, it was I, I loved it. Yeah. I'm really glad that we. I'm I'm really glad we read this, and I'm actually glad we read it when we did because mm-hmm. I think it would have. If we had read it where it technically fits within the like the the, the order of chronology uh, of the sorry of the, of the, the authorship yeah yeah then I think it would have been a little bit of a, a disruption but I think as a as a ending to the series it you know I thought it was almost like it was in a different genre for the rest of the books because it was more procedural you know it yeah. felt like like a, a 
a mystery book. They yeah. found out the mystery in literally the last chapter. Yeah. Oh, that's what was going on. This explains everything, and that explains that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I had, a, I had a similar feeling. Yeah. And you could just you could imagine just another book. It was also short. Yeah. For yeah. a Robert Jordan book. Yeah. Yeah. But you can imagine just another book in this series, like the further adventures of, of Maureen and Lan. I would. And, and as we've mentioned, I think uh, Robert Jordan also intended to write like a, some spinoff stories about Matt. And I would have loved to read. You know, like there's, a, there's yeah. a lot of story that could be told. But I think that's cool. It leads really nicely into The Eye of the World. Which we're going to reread. Yeah. Do, do it, yeah. <laughs> yes. I guess we haven't officially announced that yet. So. Yep. So that's it for this episode. Yeah. Next time, we're going to take a break and we're going to do some more episodes of our Sookie Stackhouse podcast, Living Dead in Austin. Check that out at Living Dead in Austin if you like more of us and more vampires and more sex. Yeah. Lots more sex. Yeah. And then we're going to come back and we are going to start reading The Eye of the World. Yes. Yeah, so, Again. So, so we're not, just, just to be clear, we're this not going to read the whole series. This is a contentious subject. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we're being honest, Jeff was bullied into it by Alice and I. And, and he, we've made it very clear that we're not going to reread the whole series because that would be insane. So, look forward to that. Yeah. I am Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Alice Sullivan. You can find me on Instagram at bluebonnetcafe. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have any of those things. <laughs> if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And uh, if you ask us a question, we might answer it on air. Please share us with anybody you think might like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illumine you. you.